Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. Uh, my name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with the preacher here at Oak Mountain, Bob Hutto, have the pr uh, privilege of being able to present this information. As you all who have been following us know, we've been talking about how to pursue holiness. We worship a holy God who says that in order for us to worship and serve that holy God, we ourselves must be holy. And what's interesting about that is that obviously if the Lord of the universe says that we can be holy, then indeed we can be. And so that's the standard that we have. We want to see the Lord, as the writer of Hebrews says, we're going to have to pursue holiness. The idea that it's not something casual, not something to be taken lightly, but it is something that we pursue with all of our might and we can do that. And we've been talking specifically about how to pursue holiness in the use of our speech and our tongues. There are so many things that tongue that can be used for that are good and productive and constructive. Yet on the other hand, there's some things that are very destructive and very evil that the Lord says we should not use our tongues for. And so we've been talking about a lot of those things. You may remember we started out with some things not to do, and we felt like maybe we were emphasizing that so much that people may get a distorted view of the very good things that the tongue can do. And so we kind of pivoted from that and talked about the teaching of the gospel and exhortation and, and spreading the word and encouraging others that we can do. And now we've kind of gone back again to look at some of the negative things that maybe we left off last time. And so we're going to be talking about boasting, uh, which is something that unfortunately we see far too often in our society. Uh, we see it in the sports arena. We see it in the political arena. We see it in our schools. It's probably just about anything you can talk about. We see it far too prevalent in our society. But before we go much further, uh, I, I want to give Brother Bob an opportunity to make some introductory comments, and then we'll dive into the lesson. Well, we appreciate everybody who's, who's watching. We have uh, Jason Reed, Mark <clears throat> Townsend with us as usual. Our producers and engineers, whatever. And I think they, they do all of that. <laughs> and they really make it possible for us to, to do our teaching. We appreciate their work, appreciate their families, and uh, just want to give them a shout out, give them credit that they deserve for right. their, their good work. And uh, uh, we're glad to be able to be here and hope that our study today is profitable. Amen. Well, we want to talk about boasting, and certainly that is a topic that the Bible has much to say about in terms of not using our tongues that way. And unfortunately, we're familiar with boasting in our society. Uh, people boast about all sorts of things. Uh, some people will boast about their, the amount of money that they have. Some people will boast about the amount of education they have. Uh, people boast about their athletic prowess, uh, their abilities on the court or on the field. Uh, people may boast about their looks, uh, about their physique, uh, just all sorts of things. It may be about um, their stature, their fame. Uh, any ability they have that's better than other folks uh, may be a source of boasting. And we all know what that looks like. We know what it, what it sounds like, and we've seen it. Uh, sometimes it's very open and very obvious. Sometimes it can be a little subtle in some of the comments and the things that are said. But it's kind of like the subject we talked about last time, gossiping, uh, Brother Bob. It's one of those things that maybe we don't take as seriously. We don't think that it's a serious sin. You ought not do it, but it's just a matter of social acceptability. And yet, if we go back to the same passage, really, that we used last time for gossiping, Romans chapter 1, and begin with verse 28, and notice where we find gossiping mentioned. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, talking about the Gentiles, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, and here's our word, boasters, inventors of evil things, 
disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. And the point that we made last time, I want to make again, that boasting as any of these things, God says these are things that when you engage in this behavior, when you do this, you are deserving of death. That deserves capital punishment. And again, it's, it's, it's a startling statement for some to suggest that, wow, the mere fact that I boasted about something means that I'm now deserving of death. And that's exactly what the God of the universe says is these are the sorts of things that are worthy of death. Not only should we not do those, we should not approve of those who practice them. So this is a very serious subject we're talking about. It's not something to take lightly. Uh, it's throughout the Bible that it's condemned. Look at uh, Psalm 12, 3, uh, 3 and 4. Psalm 12, 3 and 4. The Bible says this, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? And so the sentiment there is, may the Lord cut off these flattering lips, the tongue that is speaking proud things. And, you know, the interesting thing about this, uh, Bob, and, and we'll get deeper into this, we've certainly established that boasting is problematic. But, but why is it problematic? Because I, I don't want people to take away from this study that all we're saying is, is that boasting is socially unacceptable. It's a turnoff. People won't like you. You won't have as many friends. And so the message is, you can think it, you can believe it, just don't say it. No, if you look in the Bible, the Bible makes it clear that the problem is not necessarily just the words that are coming out of the mouth, but it is the heart from which those words come from. We get that in Matthew chapter 15 in general when it comes to sin. You know, the problem is it's indicative of a heart that is inappropriate and not right in the sight of God. Matthew chapter 15, when this whole discussion about washing of hands before you eat, the disciples of Jesus were criticized for that. Jesus takes that on and makes it clear what really is the concern. Beginning in verse 16, after they had spoken the parable, uh, Peter asked, explain this parable to us. He says, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man not to eat with unwashed hands. But to eat with unwashed hands is not to follow man. Now, I know our subject boasting is not specifically mentioned there, but notice she says the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those are the things that to follow man. So the problem is it's the mindset behind that boastful speech. It's a mindset that one fails to recognize the greatness of God and how he or she pales in comparison to that greatness. And two, it's a mindset that fails to see uh, the value in those people around him. Uh, his fellow human beings. He thinks of himself more highly than he ought to. Uh, Romans 12. In fact, let's go over there and look at that. This is the attitude we're talking about is how do you see yourself and how you see yourself in your heart is going to come out in your speech. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And then if you jump down, uh, looking at verse um, 9, I'm sorry, uh, verse no, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. 
Do not be wise in your own opinion. And so this is the heart that we're talking about that's behind the boaster. The boaster thinks too highly of himself. He thinks too highly of his abilities. He thinks too highly of his wealth. He thinks too highly of his intellect. He thinks too highly of his wisdom. And the Lord says, no, don't think too highly of yourself. In fact, you need to be humble. You don't need to be wise in your own opinion. Don't think too much of yourself and your abilities. And it's that kind of attitude that the Lord is saying that's unacceptable. And it oftentimes will manifest itself in speech. But when we're trying to control this, we're not just telling people, don't say things that are impolite in social company. We're telling people, get your heart right with God. Go ahead. Well, I thought about a couple of passages there. Second Timothy chapter 3 mm-hmm. is this passage that's similar right. in that it's a, a list of vices. For men, verse 2 says, for men will be lovers of self. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient mm-hmm. to parents, ungrateful yeah well being ungrateful is part of being boastful that's exactly uh, right. look at look at what i am look mm-hmm. at what i've achieved look at what i have right and it's a failure to recognize that i have what i have because god has given it to exactly. me. exactly i am what i am because god has blessed me in this way and so i think about i thought about first corinthians chapter 15 and mm-hmm. verse 10 where paul says by the grace of god i right. am what i am by the grace of God, I, and that applies to us as Christians. We're, right. We're Christians, children of God by God's grace. Right. But in other areas of life as well, we have what we have because God has given it to us. We have the a talent that we have because Absolutely. God has given. And being boastful is a just a neglect. It's a right. failure to recognize the source of our whatever it is, our ability, our possessions. And it's a failure to be thankful amen so first thessalonians chapter 5 mm-hmm. verse 18 in in everything give, give thanks. thanks and you see that yeah. connection here in right second timothy 3 and mm-hmm. verse 2 that people are lovers of self lovers mm-hmm. of money boastful arrogant and then ungrateful is also in that list so amen we want to cultivate gratitude when you uh, said that, I couldn't help but remember uh, the instruction of God through Moses to the people of Israel before they went into the promised land in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8. And uh, let's begin uh, in verse 17. He says, Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. And so he's saying, look, don't you get over there and start thinking, wow, look how prosperous we are. Look how mighty we are. Look at all the things that we have done by the might of our hands. He said, you forgot a very critical component of this. I'm the one who gave you the ability to do these things. And so it doesn't, that, that's why I think the great antidote to pride and boastful speech is to keep God ever present in our minds. Because if we, as you have recently talked about, if we truly know God and we know his capabilities, we know that everything that we have, our ability to speak, our ability to work, the measure of health that we have that allows us to get out in the workplace, the wealth that we have, the food that we have, all of these things come from God. So how can we be proud and boastful in the face of God when God gave us these things and all we're doing supposedly is being good stewards of the things that belong right. to God in the first place? You know, we recognize our abilities. Yes. We try to be realistic about it. Right, but right. we recognize that we have ability. You know, if you're able to play the piano at a right. certain level of expertise, you, you know that, you're yeah. aware of that, but you understand, one, that there, there's always somebody better than me that's out exactly there. That's exactly right. That's one. And, and secondly, 
it's, it's God that's given me this that's ability. It. There you go. And I'm thankful for that. Exactly. And that being thankful keeps us humble. It absolutely does. You know, I thought about this. Uh, you remember Jeremiah, Jeremiah 9, uh, 23, 24. He tells us what we really ought to be boasting about our glorying in. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. And the things that Jeremiah mentions here are the very things that men do tend to boast about and glory about and be proud about. It's their wisdom, it's their might, it's their uh, riches. These are the things that men tend to get really proud of and really excited about. He says none of that stuff. If you want to glory in something, I'll give you one thing to glory about that you know and you understand the living God. Because if you understand that, then it's going to curb all that other right. stuff. You're going to understand, I'm the source of all these blessings. I'm the source of your life. I'm the one whom you live and breathe and have your being. And you better be humble in my face because you right. know who I am. That's the antidote. So Ephesians 4, verse 20. Now, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Right. And so again, you know, it's God's power <clears throat> that's working in us. And he, he's able. Right to accomplish these things through us. And so all glory goes to God. Right. All praise goes to God for whatever we accomplish, whatever ability we have, whatever we're able to achieve. We're thankful that God has put us in that position. And so a little humility. You know, humility is not highly valued right. in, in the world, yep. but it is highly valued in the kingdom of God. And Jesus, of course, is the prime example of that. In Philippians chapter 2, do Amen. nothing through selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. And so we think if I, I got to put myself out there mm -hmm. to really get the, get the credit, the attention that I need or that yes. I crave. Yep. And so I got to get myself, put myself out there. I have to exaggerate my accomplishments, yep. Yep. my ability yep. to the point of falsehood. Yep. You, know? you see that, but, right? It happens. But in God's eyes, it's the opposite. Right. That we humble ourselves, we put others first, and we give give thanks and give uh, praise to God for what He's done in our lives. You know, and, and this idea of walking with God, Micah 6, 8, humbly with your God, the more that we're conscious of God and aware of God, it, it helps us stay uh, well-grounded, well-centered. There's a subtle way that you can boast that I want to bring out very quickly before our time is out, and this is found in James chapter 4. Verses 13 through 17. The Bible says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And again, this is a little subtle. This is not the, the typical, oh, I'm very strong or I'm very smart, I'm very intelligent. But he says, if you start making plans and articulating plans without any thought of God, just thinking, well, I just know that I'm going to be able to do this year from now. I'm going to be alive. I'm going to be well. I'm going to be healthy. He says that is boasting. You're presuming some things you don't know. You don't know what the Lord has in store. You don't even know if you're going to be here the next day. So the idea is if the Lord wills, and, and I don't think sometimes I, I see people have done this. I'm not saying this is wrong. I don't think he's saying that that's some mantra that we have to attach to every time we talk about action in the future. But what he's talking about is an attitude that understands God is ultimately in control. I'm not. And we can make plans, and there are certain biblical passages that would tell us that it's not sinful to make plans, but you make plans 
understanding your place in creation, understanding the will of the Lord, understanding that we don't even know if we have the next day. We don't even know if we have our next breath. And so there's a humility knowing that God is in control and I'm going to make some plans, but whether I'm able to execute those, that's really in the Lord's hands. I may not be here. A disaster may come. My life may end. Uh, things outside of my control may happen that you know just thwart my plans. That's what he's talking about, an attitude of humility in the eyes and the face of the Lord. And so we pray to God to lead us in the way that he, w- right. he wants us to go. That's we right. thank him when things go well. That's and right. We appeal to him when things don't go well. We just understand that he's... He's leading us and he's That's guiding right. us and, and, and we'll go where he leads. He'll follow. And we'll, you know, the, the mind of the man plans yes. his ways, right. but the Lord directs his steps. That's exactly and right. And so, you know, we're, we're making our plans and we're making the best evaluation we can. But at the same time, we realize my, my life and my future is in, in God's hands, not mine. I don't control these things, but Amen. God does. Amen. I know we've run out of time here, and we would just take this back to this simple point. If we if we know and understand the Lord, it, it, so many things, as you've yep. said recently in your teaching, if we truly get to know God, and this is the way you get to know God, not supposition, not tradition, not what you think, but studying God's Word, this reveals who He is. The more that we know who God is, the more we don't have problems with gossiping or backbiting or whispering. We certainly don't have problem with boasting because we recognize how small we really are uh, compared to this great God who just simply spoke into existence the universe that we know and we occupy. And while at the same time we understand He loved us so much that He gave His very own Son, you just have to be, and I think I've heard you use this statement recently, you have to be in awe of the God that we worship. When you begin to think about all the mighty things he's done, if that doesn't put you in awe, and if that's not an antidote to uh, uh, pride, I don't know what is. I mean, okay, so you can throw a football, so you can run really fast, so you can you got a photographic memory. What is that compared to a God who created everything that exists? Right. Right. <laughs> it's laughable, really. Yeah. And that's why God hates that thing. That idea that we would get proud about these minute abilities we have relative to God, it really is laughable. Right. But it's not a laughing matter, and so we do want to make sure that we're not boastful in our speech. Give God the glory and the honor. Be humble and conduct yourself with humility. Any other parting thoughts? No, just to cultivate humility. That's an important uh, aspect of uh, the teaching of, of, the, of the New Testament. Just humble ourselves before God, and He'll lift us up. That's exactly right. Amen. Well, we always like to end our podcast with a prayer, and we will not deviate from that here. And so, Brother Bob, if you will lead us, sure. appreciate it. Our Father in heaven, we bow before you at this time. We recognize your great might and, and, and strength and power. We recognize your, your wisdom. Uh, we recognize your, your love and your care for us, your control over all things, Father. We bow before you. We recognize those things. When we, Father, consider the heavens, when we consider the work of your hands, we wonder, what, what is man that you're mindful of us? We're, we're small. We're but dust. We're insignificant in comparison to all the things that you've made, and yet you do love us. You are concerned for us. You have blessed us immeasurably. Help us, Father, always to understand that all of our blessings, everything we have, everything we are, all of our achievements are because of your gifts to us, that you've enabled us to do these things. And so, Father, we acknowledge, as Paul did, that we are what we are, by your grace. Father, help us to understand those things and cultivate humility as Christ was humble and help us to lead wherever you follow. Our Father, we pray that we won't think 
more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but will condescend to lowly things, as Jesus did when he came to this earth, as one of us lived a lowly life, and yet was the king of, of the universe. And so, Father, let us look to his example and follow that example in our lives. Our Father, help us to uh, uh, represent Christ and represent you in this world as we should so that others will see you and your Son in us and come to glorify you and your Son as well. Father, we pray that you'll continue to provide the things we need in this world and that we'll be ever grateful, willing to share the things that you've given to us. We're especially thankful for the gift of your Son. We would not be what we are as your children if not for him. And so we give him all of our gratitude, all of our thanks. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.